Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard Hello. and Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they got beef. They have beef with each other. Not just roast beef, but kind of arguing type beef where they deliberate, debate the top four of any given topic. This time around, the topic is Mount Rushmore of TV pregnancies. That's right. Okay. That now, pregnant pause brought to you by Jeff not knowing the title of this episode. <laughs> we are not alone in the studio this time around because we have an expert on TV pregnancies in the form of Miss Sarah Reeve. How are you today? I am very good. good. Thank you. Sarah, uh, why do you find this topic interesting? Well, this was actually a topic that I had suggested to um, to Michael and Richard uh, in particular uh, way back when uh, Michael's wife, Emily, was pregnant. And hmm. we she were, thought it was so funny. And I was like, that would be great. And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Fast forward to Michael and Emily's son is now, how old is Ten he now? Ten months. Ten, so, okay. So it's been, it's been a while. But I still thought it was a good topic. And then all of a sudden, Richard sprung it on me and said, hey. You're going to be a guest on our show, right? Because we're doing your topic. Oh, okay, yeah, I would love to. That's how that's how a good marriage works. <laughs> Just you come here, surprise people so they don't have time to, to say no. There definitely has been a interesting perspective on this, having gone through a pregnancy with my wife mm-hmm. and looking through like our selections and just kind of spitballing stuff off of each other. And it's just like, wow, okay, I can see how, like, just. So many different aspects are true. Like a lot of like, especially on some of our, like the tropes are true yeah. or they're completely off or yeah. we didn't experience it or we totally experienced mm-hmm. it. So, Like some creative aspects of storytelling on television, they are motivated by uh, a search for a new topic or search for new themes or character changes. Sometimes biology dictates that mm. this uh, storyline happens on TV shows. And I don't know if we'll choose some examples. Sometimes uh, literal biology literal has biology. to be worked around in a yeah. sitcom. Yeah. So. so why don't we just uh, leap right into the topic. Uh, Sarah, you're the visitor. These guys are just these schmucky home team. So Sarah, you go, st- you go first. Okay. Well, um, as the only member of the panel here who has actually been pregnant, I thought I, I brought a little bit of... Uh, verisimilitude to the topic but Wait, what the um, hell does that mean sorry vera similitude she, she was the diner a waitress <laughs> in uh, oh, on, alice. On alice yeah <laughs> kiss my grits jeff anyway thank you um but actually my first topic or my first selection is uh not realistic at all and i chose it because it was one of the first television um pregnancies that I remember from my childhood and that is uh Mork and Mindy oh that's also on our list oh, oh fun good. 1981 uh if you if uh for the the younger listeners who don't remember uh Mork and Mindy Mork was from Ork uh the uh, and he was an alien experiencing uh life here on earth alongside first roommate then girlfriend and wife Pam Dauber uh who was Mindy and so their fourth season, they, uh, you know, the, they actually uh, came together as a couple and they got engaged, got married. And then like in like the third episode of that season, all of a sudden you find out Mork, Mork is pregnant because he is an alien. And uh, on Ork, the men uh, are the ones who can give birth, but it's not like, you know, not like a... a Robin Williams ran around with a big pregnant belly. No, he laid an egg. (laughs) 
<laughs> he laid several legs in his career. If you ever saw the last few sitcoms, the movies he was in. Patch but. Adams. Um, but Moscow on the Hudson, we didn't? No, it's pretty good. I okay. Like that I like movie. That okay. Um, so he lays an egg. He lays an egg. And, of course, the egg is about seven feet tall. And when the egg cracks open, you find um, Jonathan Winters is the baby. Because orc in, on orc, they age backwards. And it was just so what silly. A, what a lovely time for television. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Did they think this through, that if that, that show lasted for like 15 years, that Robin Williams was not going to look younger? Yeah. Like, what would they have done on that one? They, would they have like had to like go some sort of like, well, since he's been on Earth so long, it's reversed the aging process. Mm-hmm. You know, with enough cocaine, the power, you can do yeah. anything. I'm, I'm less worried about Morph, but what about Murph? I mean, he he could not possibly get younger as the series went on. I mean, they this was the final season of the right. show, so they were just like, yeah. I just know how to solve this problem everything at the by whale. just canceling it. Jonathan Winters, as a performer towards his more his December years, also showed early onset Alzheimer's uh, in his performance style. There was a lot of... What came off as surrealist, but was really just a little bit of almost dementia in his mm. performance. Well, apparently he had he struggled the whole time he was on set. They had to have cue cards for him. Yeah. I guess this is one of the times when he was, was really... Was it in the egg as well? When yes. <laughs> breaking out of the egg. I guess he was dealing with some pretty severe depression at the mm-hmm. time. So he was great on the set, but like not so reliable in terms of knowing his lines. Yeah. Or you know just generally... Do it. That, that's why so much of what he did was improv on the show, just basically because he couldn't remember yeah. his lines. Ah, uh, he's the. This is a case of maybe the reverse of a cousin Oliver type of situation, where you bring a young, cuter version of the character <laughs> on, right, and get the old, <laughs> more uh, August version of because Jonathan Winters was essentially Robin Williams' uh, prototype thirty years before yeah, yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'd like to know what how the the pitch room kind of went there. The 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 Showrunners, because I think they had a new showrunner that mm-hmm. last season. Uh. He came in to tell the cast, like, "We got an idea, guys. We're gonna really sex this show up. We're gonna, you know who the kids love? This is what's gonna save this show. Yeah, yeah. you know who the kids love? Seventy-year-old improv comics. <laughs> what?" Yeah, no, they they're, they're all the rage today. What if you found out they wanted Mort Saul or somebody else who was just <laughs> even more? They just couldn't get him. They just couldn't get him. Right. He was available. Well, it's funny you both chose it, Michael and Richard. Was there a significance but behind your choice for this? I think it was just it's such an odd. It's ridiculous. Choice. Uh, you know, I don't know. It was just I. I have like I remember that show mostly because it kind of taught me where Colorado was or Denver. Yeah, like, Boulder. Yeah, Boulder, thank you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it was like, it was one of those shows that was like set in such, you, you didn't see anything set yeah. outside of New York or LA. Or Los Angeles, or, maybe San Francisco. Or San Diego, I yeah. guess. Apparently, with, um, Gar- Gary Marshall's kid was going to school in, uh, in, in University of Colorado at Boulder. So that's why he said it there. Oh, is uh, that right? Uh, the other day, I said, I, I said like Shazbot to Emily randomly yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and she was like, what? She's like, that's something your dad says, right? And I was like, yeah, kind of, but like, Via Mork and Mindy. Yeah. It's like, so it has, it has this strange ingrained, mm-hmm. I think it's the most obscure and strange pregnancy we're probably going to talk about. And I think it's kind of highlighted because of that. You're not going to, you're not going to see outside of like a Futurama episode mm-hmm. where, where the show, I mean, is also rooted in alienness mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. I, I, I think I kind of chose it personally because this is a perfect example of a show getting desperate. 
Yeah. And trying to figure out how do we save the show, like you said, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And and the pregnancy angle is one that comes up again, again and again. Again and again. Something's not working. What do we do? Let's throw add a, in a, a pregnancy because we know that'll shake things up. Yeah, we'll throw a baby at it. And, but mm-hmm. in this case, we'll throw Jonathan Winters throw Jonathan at it. Jonathan Winters at it. Mm-hmm. How, how, does, how did the physically, how did this... I think it came out of his belly button. Navel, if I remember correctly. Yes. I don't think that that, but that, but then why does he have a belly button? Uh, why, it, yeah. Well, it's obviously that's how they give birth. That's why they have belly that's right. buttons. So it's not a belly button in the same way you or I have no, a belly button. No, it's not like an umbilical cord. It's that's. And how did her DNA get to be mixed with his DNA inside yeah, of don't, him? You're, you're when a man and a woman share a special hug. When a, when, a, when a woman and an alien. They push their beds together, and then they build a nest, as you do. Uh-huh. Then you lay an egg. Did Pam Dauber even get to be a guest on BJ and the Bear or anything else in her career? Oh, what? no. She was, uh, was it My Sister Sam? Was she? Oh, my she was sister just Sam. the older she sister on that. She was the sister. Okay. Or the older sister. Before What's-Her-Name got. Yeah. Um, and she was in some movies. She was mm-hmm. in, was that one with John Ritter? Tuned in, tuned out, or what? Was where they were stuck in different TV shows and they had to like mm. jump back and forth. I was a favorite HBO one when oh, I was wow. a kid. Yeah. I kind of had a thing for Pam Dauber. Yeah, when you were uh, when he was like okay, eight or something. Were you also a like ba- Bailey Qu- Bailey Quarters versus uh, versus oh Bailey Quarters? Yeah, all Bailey the way. Quarters. Yeah. Please. <laughs> okay, that's a great first uh, choice for both Sarah and Richard Michael Michael Richard, and so Michael Richards. Michael oh my Richards. god. Oh my God! Uh, so God, Michael we just got racist in here yeah, all of a sudden. Did. Yeah, Michael and Richard, what would your second be? Um, our second, I guess, is the pregnancy of uh, Lucille Esmeralda McGillicuddy Ricardo with her son Enrique Alberto Ricardo the Fourth, aka Ricky Ricardo Jr. Wow! From Classic. I Love Lucy, uh, from the second season, um, and as opposed to a show that needed to add. A child to it to keep it fresh. I don't think there was anything unfresh. It was the number one show and was pretty much top of the charts for the entire run. All 12 shows that were on TV at the time (laughs) was the number one show. It's funny. You know, we're going to get to a pick later where I know I've watched maybe 80% of the show and it's like, why? I can't believe I watched 80% of the show, but we'll talk about that later. Sure. Uh, But he was introduced kind of near the beginning of the second season or the pregnancy and all of the, like the wonderful pregnancy tropes kind of played out mm-hmm. with him. And what I, what I liked about her pregnancy and I love about the show is that her character never really changes. Like even though she was pregnant with little Ricky and had, and he was born, she kept trying to get back in the show. Yeah. She wanted to be part of this world that Ricky would keep trying to keep her out of, but that nothing really stopped her Right. from it she still had that gene that still that, single-minded determination yes. even if it meant the kid had to be left alone for several hours or strapped she, to her or right. part of the show as well somehow but um you know there's so many like different like uh crazy father jokes that kind of exist and kind of stem from out of this like the episode where he was born lucy was the one that was completely calm and in control and Ricky was like running around like a chicken with his head right, cut totally off. Totally reversing their normal. Yeah. Dynamic. He he didn't know what he didn't know what he was doing. He was out of his mind. He had to go uh, to a show and showed up the hospital with like this mm-hmm. you know uh, African war paint on for some ridiculous show at the Tropicana that he okay. was doing. But like he, all of the things that you see in later TV shows, he kind of embodied, or like both of them kind of embodied. They go through just. 
Like, I mean, that that episode is a classic. I don't even like I Love Lucy. It's re- it's like that show is like nails on chalkboard for me. I can't watch it. Um, but I mean, that that pregnancy um, storyline, that whole it was really breaking new ground because to talk about a woman who was pregnant, to show a woman who was pregnant on TV, it was still kind of taboo at that time and so it really like no let's show this because this is a part of normal life this is a part of married life Mm -hmm. it was groundbreaking and it it's still recognized as being um you know just the episode that really opened and started all you know so many of the pregnancy tropes that we still see on tv today and of course two things one lucy steel ball was actually pregnant so that was she was actually pregnant when they shot the pilot but she wasn't far enough along that it would show. that it showed. So they just kind of did a few. Well, she was like showing just enough where they, if they just did a little bit of camera trickery. It didn't really stand in front sh- of a large plant. She hadn't popped. <laughs> she hadn't popped yet. Let's put it that way. I know during that season, uh, they had pre-recorded some stuff for like you know they were the first show to record onto film. Yeah. And so they and he retained all the like that was, I'm talking about another groundbreaking thing that Desi uh-huh. Arnaz did was. He recorded on the film, and then he kept the rights for all the film, yeah. Rather than selling it to the whatever production studio. I well, they own the, start, produ- they, they they own the own production. They own the production studio, right? Yeah, production studio. And then uh, you, you know, the but, other... but so oh, basically, and basically, they basically filmed a bunch of stuff with her before she was right Planning showing way ahead. too much, yeah. and they're just like, okay, we know that this show is going to go on. We know that we're going to have to cut these scenes in, and later on in the season, after like Ricky, uh, little Ricky was born there's a lot of like three person episodes mm-hmm. where like Lucy's in the other room as well. Yeah. And like they kind of dance around it. So they kind of covered both, both bases with like preparing for it. And then also kind of like, Oh, do you remember mm-hmm. that time when Are there, were there any episodes where she was like stuck in a bathroom and it was yeah. locked so she couldn't get out for the whole episode. <laughs> that would have been a good workaround. I guess the other sort of like sign of the time, there was an episode like that. Was there? Yeah. I knew it. Sons of bitches. Um, is the fact they couldn't say the word pregnant. Right. She had, she was oh. with child, right? I think mm-hmm. they could I say. I think that's what they Expect- said, yeah. This is expecting. They could say expecting, and Ricky says expecting. Right. Expecting. <laughs> the actual episode where she announces that she's pregnant is called Lucy is Inciente, which mm-hmm. is the French word, <laughs> despite my Spanish pronunciation of it. The, the French word for it. Uh, one thing I did not know is they actually, in order to get the maximum publicity from the show, they actually timed the... Uh, the date of release to when her actual real life cesarean section was, was scheduled. scheduled. Wow. wow. That's commitment. Lay in the paparazzi there. Yeah. That is a commitment to your show. That only happens because you're the executive producer of the <laughs> show, by the way. If you're just the star, you don't get to call that shot. If you're the EP, you, you get, you get to match all that up. Yeah. It did say they hired a, Catholic priest, a minister, and a rabbi to sit in while each episode was filmed to determine whether there was anything objectionable. That about. sounds like a setup to a, like, <laughs> it a really like a bar joke, joke. doesn't it? Yeah. Well, they, a rabbi and a, they also walk into the Tropicana. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, oh. One last thing is that I didn't know this either, that Philip Morris apparently was a sponsor of the show. And they actually came in and specifically said, "We can you please not show Lucy smoking while she's pregnant? Because she smoked while she was pregnant. But because even, everybody smoked all the time. But yeah. even Philip Morris knew that was not a type of thing you should be showing in 1952 you know, or whatever this was. I love that. that uh, you know, we've talked about, we've expanded the topic. It's not just uh, sitcoms, it's television. But it is interesting to think of how uh, under fire 
reproductive. <laughs> Everything regarding that to, to see it's considered vulgar. Right. Which did remind me of a, I love this podcast, maybe you listen to it, Cocaine and Rhinestones, which are talking about a, uh, I think it's a Loretta Lynn song called about the pill. Oh, it's yes, called the, the pill. pill. The, the pill. pill. Yep. And how uh, offensive it was to the predominantly male uh, song programmers on all the country stations, whereas guys could talk about uh, murdering women or mm-hmm. <laughs> divorce or anything like that. Or dear God, affairs. you talk about a woman controlling her own yeah. reproductive yeah. life? <gasps> Clutch my and, pearls? And she wasn't even talking about... Um, it wasn't... It was she, she was very happy because now she could... Uh, be with her husband and have it was very much about a happily married woman well because that's the only way you could get the pill back then if, yeah if you were single you were not allowed to not get allowed the pill. to have the pill it's right. super crazy right okay so digression over and now uh we are on uh this bottom end of the first half which means sarah's going to tell us her second choice Okay, so uh, my second choice, I'm continuing the Alien theme, and this is a show from 1990. This is Alien Nation. Oh, I love that show. Great show. And so uh, what was it for anybody who didn't ever watch this show? So this was uh, a show where uh, it's the late 80s, early 90s, and this giant spaceship comes and uh, there's like 250,000 aliens and they basically all settle in Los Angeles, um, like you do, and they are humanoid, basically, but they have no hair and their skin color's a little mottled. Um, so the central, two of the, the central characters are, um, there's a uh, Tectonese, one of the aliens, whose name is... Um, his name is actually Sam Francisco, um, uh, but he, he's called George, and he's a police officer, and his partner is a human uh, named Matt Sykes. And so the setup for this is that, yet again, it's uh, because they're alien, the, the male gives birth. So um, it's supposedly where when this happens is uh, George and Matt are like on a stakeout, and something, they're like... I don't know, r- killing a guy or something. It's something very physical. And all of a sudden, George goes into labor. And uh, so uh, his partner has to, like, help him because the ambulance isn't going to get there in time. And it's... Uh, anyway, it, and again, it's not through your... What you would normally think of as, you know, it does not come through a, a vagina or anything. It does come through his chest because what the producers <laughs> described... Um, for why, what they were inspired by is they were actually inspired by seahorses. How the female seahorse actually creates, you know, with the help of the sperm of the baby, holds it for a little bit and then gives it, gives the, the fetus uh, uh, to the egg, to the, the partner who then carries it and then he gives birth. So that's what happens to these aliens. You know, I, she carries it for a few months and then he like gets it popped into his chest pouch and uh, he carries it for four months. I thought you were going to say they were inspired by aliens. Uh, no, because the a chest slightly, slightly different uh, outcome there, right, I believe. Yeah, yeah, no, the George does survive this. So, by, uh, the, by the way, anytime I, anyone mentions San Francisco, I immediately in my back of my head San think of San Francisco. Do you think San of Mandy Francisco. Patinkin or do you think of the show? I think I just think of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, yeah. yeah, I. I, I, I like this actually maybe one of the rare examples of the TV show spinoff or redo or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it being better, better than, than the, the movie. movie. Yeah. I think they could flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. The you mythology. Know, the, and yeah. yeah absolutely. The, the movie was definitely kind of like a 
you know, they had to tell a story with these characters rather than develop the entire... Mm -hmm, the mythology yeah, behind yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I'm sensing a pattern in your choices so far. Well, don't Would worry. Would you like I'm not... to see me get pregnant? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Damn it. Uh... Now, you, now you deal with this. Now you deal with this. <laughs> no, I just, I really, I mean, obviously we know, we know the pregnancy tropes. And at least with my first two picks, I really was intrigued um, and I'm, I mean, I remember these, uh, you know, both Mork and Mindy and then Alienation from when I was growing up and, you know, I was, uh, you know, just a, I think I was what, five or six when Mork and Mindy came on and, uh, you know, I was like, uh, I don't know, I guess I was about 15 when Alienation came on and, you know, so the idea of pregnancy was still way far out there mm. and kind of scary, but it was really odd to see those tropes turned on their head um, and uh, and they just struck out stuck out as being really memorable uh, hmm. to me. All right. Well, so we hope this is a memorable podcast episode, the Mount Rushmore of TV Pregnancies. And we hope that you'll go online to iTunes, to our website, Mount Rushmore Podcast, or to Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. Download, rate, and review our current and past episodes and we hope you'll join us in the dialogue about the uh, uh, episodes that you would like to see us discuss or past episodes that you've enjoyed uh, at the Facebook site or join us on Twitter or Instagram where we have uh, social handles there we also ask you to support podcasting in general and we like to air a promo from podcasts that we enjoy here's one of them do you like movies get busy living or get busy dying Mr. Anders. Life, uh, finds a way. TV? A girl has no name. Soft kitty, warm kitty. You didn't think I'd just disappear, did you? Music? Hello. All my friends are eating steak, it's slow. Video games? It's me, Mario. Get over here! Hey, listen! If you love geeking out about your pop culture passions, See Here's the Thing may be the podcast for you. Join me and my co-host Patrick as we dive into a weekly digest of news clips about movies, TV, video games, theater, and more. Special guests, improv games, and terrible celebrity impersonations abound in our weekly episodes published directly on Podomatic. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Google+, and Pinterest. See, here's the thing. It's where humor and pop culture collide. Hey, we got something for you. It's a gift. You don't have to get us anything. No, we got something for you. We want you to have it. For listeners of the Mount Rushmore podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, you could check out the little book of sitcom by John Vorhouse, and that's probably going to discuss sitcom pregnancies or TV pregnancies. And with Audible, you can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day free trial just by going to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. That's the forward slash, the one where the top is leaning to the right. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player to download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Again, audibletrial.com slash Rushmore for your good, free audiobook. Good gift to give for like a uh, like a baby shower. Yeah. Because like oh, yeah. when you're you when you have a baby, you got a lot of downtime. Yes. You could either you, you could either like put on every episode of The Office on Netflix or you could, you know, that's right. Listen, listen to a book Improve in the silence. Yeah. 
not really having to read. I love that idea. Okay, guys, so you'll, uh, Richard and Michael, uh, give us your third choice. So our third choice is uh, perhaps the most, at the time, controversial one. That would be Murphy Brown. Oh, that's on my, that was my next pick, too. I figured that would be on your list, yeah. Um, So Murphy Brown basically became pregnant by, I don't remember how they played it out, but either her ex-husband. Her ex-husband. I couldn't remember if it was her her ex-husband or Jay Thomas, who was like her on-again, off-again boyfriend. But they kind of played that mystery up, I think, for a little bit during it like she knew who it was but she didn't tell right. anyone for a while uh, but she made the choice to, the, the decision to not have an abortion even though she was I think in her mid she was 42 40, right 42 is not mid 40s 42 is not mid 40s 42 I thought was she, early 40s I believe I thought she was older than that Says my apologies the woman who was 42 Sarah. my apologies Sarah okay um <clears throat> And so Candace Bergen looks 42. You do not look. Oh, well, thank you. She looks mid 40s. That's that's. that's nice. I've, 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 I've nice. done enough backtracking <laughs> enough <laughs> so she can put down the knife. Nice. Just like she's staring daggers at us. Nice. Even nice. More. Nice. Buddy more. Um, Nailed it. This really kind of became not just a controversial TV topic, but a national topic when your favorite vice president and mine, Dan Quayle, Mr. Potato with an E. Uh, decided to comment on this as an example of the more, basically the moral breakdown of America that we're celebrating this woman having a, 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 a pregnancy out of wedlock. The Bush Quail White House really stepped in it over and over again with like family values. Well, well let's, let's value, be honest. Family values, kind of the whole argument started. Let's happening. be honest. Dan Quayle was, makes Sarah Palin look like a Rhodes Scholar. Mm. Uh, you know, he was he is the guy who uh, tried to paraphrase the uh, United Negro College Fund um, uh, a motto of a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And what he said was, it's really terrible when you lose your mind mm. or you don't have one at all. Well, then, that was the other thing he said. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought I thought it was always interesting that Republicans would go after a TV character who decided not to have an abortion. Right. Um, yeah, that, she made the choice that they have been arguing that women who found themselves to be pregnant should always make. Sure. She kept the baby. Well, you know, the, uh, conservatives at the time and today uh, still tend to be as fallen. They don't care about whatever hypocrisy uh, side of the sword that they want to fall on. I mean, you know, it was her fault to get pregnant in the first right. place. Absolutely. So that she was already Because she had sex. There was already wedlock, sinned so. and then yada yada. Yeah. So she was she was she was a dirty whore. This was already, a, this right? was right. this was the show, by the way, that I'm convinced I've seen eighty percent of. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I watched a lot of TV as a kid. I mm-hmm. guess I, you don't realize how much until you're like, Oh yeah, I remember almost everything about Murphy Brown. Right. With the, it's you so re- strange. They were like shooting a, a, a documentary so that the kid would have it when he was older. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's all of these like, uh, you know, handheld shots, like way close up in Murphy's face. And she's like, get out of here. I think one of, one of the reasons why this show is on my list is that um, it really, for being, you know, it is really funny. and But it really, really struck uh, a note to me to say, wow, that. That really seems real. And then having, you know, had two children, um, you know, being pregnant and everything. It's like, yeah, that, you know, that you're, especially as a working woman, you're trying to hold it together. You're doing what you can. And, but there's just things about pregnancy that just take over. Mm. And it, you know, the fact that 
I don't know, just how she por- she portrayed it. I mean, in Candace Bergen at that time had also become an older mother. She had her daughter at 39, and while she wasn't single, she was married to Louis Malle, but he was over in France most of the time, so she was, in fact, or ha- had lived a similar existence to uh, to Mur- what Murphy Brown was going through, and so it, I think it just made it seem really real. There was yeah, precedent yeah. when um, Edgar Bergen had Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd, his right. ventriloquist dummy. You're so dumb. I think he raised Have them. a baby. Did he raise them by himself? He raised them by himself. Did he birth them out of his navel also? Uh, uh, I wonder if, you know, they're rebooting the show. This is shows right. coming back on the air and later this they season are? for like a 10-episode run. It, yeah. I think it's similar... It's like the Roseanne thing. Like the Similar Roseanne to the Roseanne thing. And um, I wonder if they're going to have like a grown-up, a like grown Avery, up Avery right. come in and, you know, it's what, it's been, oh, Avery's it's been gonna 25 be Repu- years. 15 years. Oh, Avery's going to be a Republican. Yeah. That's, oh, the, that's, oh. the, that's, the, that's the hook, right? Did Avery yes. vote for Trump? Yeah, there, yeah, there's the hook. Avery is like a Kellyanne Conway, like inside, like like Republican insider. I, I do if, like... If that's not how it's going, it's how it should go. Someone, someone get, there you someone go. get this episode to Diane English, stat. I do, I do like when some shows continue on the traits of the show, but then incorporate like the kid. And Murphy Brown was good with that, mm-hmm. with um, the house painter. I can't remember right. his name. Eldon. Yes. El- yeah. Eldon. How do I know that? Oh my God. You just, you just end up knowing it. That's yeah. the weird thing about 80s and 90s sitcoms is like... Didn't he, he become the nanny or something? He did. Yes. Yes. But before he that, he like, you know, he spent the entire time remodeling and painting her house. And then it turned into this whole thing for the entire season about him remodeling and painting, painting the baby's the nursery, room, the nursery right? and trying to figure that out. So I like how they incorporate whatever is just the, the trope of the show. The guy that's the house painter is just like, oh, he's has now focuses, you know, creating Getting this, everything ready for this the fresco in the right. baby's room or whatever. And then, you know, oh yeah, he's also the nanny now, I guess, because they need just to have him around. Right. Another another weird aspect of like having a male nanny, which I'm sure, you know, tied a whole bunch of other knickers in a bunch. Probably. Do you think good Murphy, show. Ah, what a good show. Her first offense was being a powerful, assertive, uh, intelligent female. God, that's like four strikes against right, her. Exactly. Yeah, and it seems like the uh, the um, unwed pregnancy was just the final affront for Nail a lot of people. Yeah, but yeah. it's funny. I don't remember it being. I remember it being somewhat controversial until she actually had the kid, and then it was like, oh, because like I mean, to your point, I think Sarah, she made the pregnancy seem really unfun. Yeah, like it, like Which, it, it was all of the like not fun parts of having a baby, right, like your right. back hurts and yeah, and you're swollen and you're cranky and your hormones are going all over the place and like I mean okay, and I'm gonna say this now, having you know, at the time when I watched this, you know, when I was 17, it's like oh wow, okay, I had no idea, and now as an adult, I go back and go yeah, actually. Hmm. Actually, being for for me, I speak only from my own experience. Wow, yeah, being pregnant would really sucked, and it's uncomfortable, and it's you know this alien creature is taking over your body, and so I think uh, that's one reason why I think this episode still holds up because they really played it true, and they made it funny. It, they it was the same show and the same really smart writing. And the great characters, as Michael said, you know, that they integrated really well into just moving into this next phase of her life. But so I, I think that the political drama uh, heightened and, and is probably one reason why so many people remember it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, no, even just in and of itself, it was a, a really good show. And they just really handled the pregnancy, the birth in a really funny and smart way. Unfortunately, I think that it did sort of overshadow how good the rest of the series was. 
because even I and my mom and I watched it every week, and I think like your families did too. I remember that, and I remember one episode where they thought their plane was going to crash. Those are the two episodes that those are the two like things that I remember in terms of actual episodes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, it, 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 I, I I would agree. You were eight years old though, right? A little bit older than that. Okay, two three two three years older than okay. that. So, uh, Sarah, you are going to present to us your final choice. Okay. Um, so we are going to uh, come out of uh, the the funny land of uh, Murphy Brown, and we're going to take a little bit more serious, and we're going to go to uh, Mad Men and Betty's pregnancy with baby Jean. <laughs> and um, I think the reason I picked this episode is because, you know, Betty Draper was a horrible mother. I mean, she was really just awful. And she didn't get any sort of enjoyment out of out of being a mother at all. And so she was um, she was somebody that I think uh, you could objectively look at and go, oh my God, she's horrible. But then, you know, and not really like, but then to watch that episode and to see how she and how pregnant women at you know in the the mid 1960s were how she was treated and just kind of almost manhandled people doctors were making decisions for her her husband mm. was making decisions for her she was treated like an object you know and nobody was listening to her she's t- saying you know what she would like to do and nobody's nobody cares and you know she's given this drug twilight sleep um and she's just basically knocked out and she's goes from, you know, being pregnant and not having a, you know, a, a little squealing baby to then all of us, you know, then a few hours later she wakes up and there's like a baby right there. And it's just such a weird, um, almost like disembodied. She's just totally removed from the experience of giving birth and, and just having, having all of her autonomy taken away. And it just really uh, struck me as being really true for a uh, a, a sub section of, of women at that time who um, just didn't have a lot of bodily autonomy and that even though Betty was a pretty reprehensible character and certainly not uh, a, a warm and fuzzy mother, um, you still feel really bad for her and it's just... Uh, it just really creates this sense of empathy for this otherwise pretty horrible person. It, was this one of the ones, that, was January Jones pregnant while she was? No, I don't actually think she was. I, I know, and I, I might be getting my chronology. She, that's when they had the fat Yeah, Betty. fat Betty. Yeah, that's fat what I was Fat Betty say. is <laughs> when she was pregnant. And um, they, you know, they basically put her in a fat suit and apparently Matt, January Jones said that when she came to Matt Weiner and said, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm pregnant. And he's like, okay, we'll just make you fat. And apparently she just like burst into tears because it's like, yeah, that's exactly what every pregnant woman wants to hear is Mm. we'll just cover it up Uh because you're going to be fat anyway. Um, and I guess yeah. it's, I guess it's better than having her stand behind a counter the entire time, or like creatively giant coats and plants, creatively yeah. place plants and hams, ha- giant hams, things right. like that. Right. It, it's interesting to kind of like um, compare and contrast, like let's say Lucy's pregnancy, which is you know time 
frame ish mm-hmm. the same way right. and they you know they didn't deal with any of that they didn't gloss they kind of glossed over the actual her, birth the, the birth visiting mm-hmm. the doctor i think that they were in the hospital once and that was kind of mm-hmm. when uh ricky was like running in to to see yeah. the child behind the glass but then but the reality for her at the time must have been probably very probably similar very in spite similar, in spite yeah. of her being very successful very powerful right. movie star right. and tv star it must have been like Oh yeah, someone else was still. Ricky was probably still, unfortunately, calling the shots. Well, and the or that just the doctor was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. and I think you know the other thing is that Betty Draper is portrayed as a very affluent, um, you know, upper upper middle class white woman of privilege. So, you know, this is somebody that in theory should have more autonomy than you would think someone who was mm-hmm. poorer or a woman of color. And yet, this is a privileged woman, and she still has little to no say over what happens to her at this most vulnerable time. And it's just, yeah, no, nobody cares. Well, let's face it. Mad Men was not exactly the best show for pregnancies. Yeah, no. Let's no. See, let's, let's think about nobody had a good experience Yeah, there was, there Yeah, there was Baby Jean. Right. There was, let's see, Peggy. Having right. a baby in secret and then giving it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, and it was Pete's baby, too. And it was too. Pete's baby. Also also with Pete's baby when he his wife got True, right, pregnant. Right. And then he wound up basically kind of sort of raping the nanny. Yeah. Um, and then when, what's her and name? One of America's Joan, finest shows. Yeah. And, and then Joan had baby Kevin. Baby Kevin or was Kevin her husband? Okay, I can't remember. Yes. After uh, kind of after basically her getting rape, raped. Yeah, yeah. Her, her rapist husband, and then she has the baby, and then finally leaves him because he's a jerk. But yeah, no, motherhood is it was not portrayed kindly on uh, on Mad Men at all. What a great show. And it was fantastic. <laughs> but it was, it was also, um, obviously, it was told from a very specific point of view. Um, but at the same time, it was also then showing that, yes, even... These, you know, white privileged women and most of the women, not all, but most of the women on Mad Men were white privileged women. Even they, uh, for all their privilege, still had very little say over what happened to them, their bodies, their children uh, at the time. Right. All right, guys. uh, It's been nine months. I'm just going (laughs) to push this sucker out. Come on, buddy. Breathe. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. We're dilated. How how far along have the uh, the, uh, choices been? How many centimeters? Minutes of the choice has been. All right. Um, this is your fourth. Our fourth is the pregnancy of Marge Simpson oh. with Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. Oh, wow. They displayed the three different pregnancies on three different episodes. Wow. Um, which was, and they all kind of, I, th- I think ultimately it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk about the Simpsons somehow. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of it's contractually obligated. <laughs> it's kind of, it kind of worms its way into every show, but like, uh, they used three different episodes to talk about the three different kids being born. And they were all within um, very different and interesting circumstances. Bart, the first one, uh, they, and they actually kind of, the three different pregnancies were talked about in order in 91, 92, and 93. Um, Bart's pregnancy was told from the point of view of uh, Homer and Marge weren't married yet. Yeah. He was just this guy working at a miniature golf course. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Bart comes along as an accident, forces Homer to get a real job and forces them to get married and all the, and just sets their miserable lives. <laughs> in yeah. All the pangs amongst that with Lisa. Um, Homer was at the, uh, nuclear power plant, but it finally gone debt free. 
Uh, oh, no, no, no. I no, got, no, I got the, getting them mixed up. I got them mixed the up. the second one, they're living in like this sort of like apartment or yeah. something, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I got, I got them mixed up. So um, the first one was just about them getting married and realizing that they have a, a child and how their life changes. The second one forced Homer and Marge to move to uh, kind of suburbia mm-hmm. and get a real job at uh, uh, the nuclear power plant. Thank you, Richard. And um, focus a lot on Bart's reaction to having a new kid. Because as much as it's about Homer and his what he's going through and uh, you know, the show didn't really focus much on Marge on in these no. pregnancies and in retrospect. She, she about was it. not necessarily a point of view character. Well, yeah. I, I think of all the great female writers they had on the show, like well, oh my god. Hmm. And then the third one uh was a kind of about Homer finally getting out of debt. And then you know, Maggie and comes then you along. Have a new baby. And he kind of literally burns his bridges on the way out of the nuclear power plant and is forced to go back to a higher paying job to support his family. But then he, so it's, I thought the show is very good at telling those kind of different aspects of what, what having a child is really right. like either economically or just like just emotionally. emotionally or really, well, and I think that's where the, the Simpsons was often at its strongest was taking very real um, experiences of an American family and, you know, twisting them and, and, you know, putting them through the lens of animation and and blo- kind of blowing things out, but it's still being able to convey that real human emotion. Mm-hmm. Like the story yeah. about going working at a dead end job to support, or going back to a dead end job that you hate in order to support your family is very real. Very and very, very real. Yeah. And uh, you know, in spite of it being madcap and zany at times, it's just like, oh yeah, that's that's what you got to do. Right. When you have a third kid, and whether they're a surprise or not, I like. I think the third one was uh, told within the, the an overall realm, or one of them was told in, in the realm of they might have a fourth child, mm. and they didn't know Homer was telling the story, and Marge was off, um, mm. you know, getting checked out. And then she comes back, and she's like, I'm not pregnant, and they high-five. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, all the yes. kids must just feel just totally terrible at that exact <laughs> moment of like, oh, God, don't want to go through this again <laughs> with you guys. Maggie being the... Kind of the most um, traditionally um, intelligent, <laughs> or not intelligent, <laughs> but Maggie seems to be, I'm sorry, Lisa being the character that most of us can identify in terms of being the most reasonable character in The Simpsons is a hard point of view to filter some of the aspects of dating and romance and, and all the things that we show Homer and, uh, and Marge going through. So it is interesting that that show does as much as it does in terms of showing real sentiment and real emotion and real feeling, even though you only have one sane person in that, in that <laughs> house. So, so I'm kind of surprised when they can do that. I would like to point out for the record, by the way, before we get angry emails and whatever from Simpsons fans. Yes, there were several female writers on the show. Okay. There has not been a female producer. So. All right. So suck it, Matt Greeny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, guys, so this has been a wonderful journey into what happens on television when characters, not just women, get pregnant. And so thank you so much for all your really cool choices and some very similar choices. So in this case, there will be two of the similar choices will be etched into the Mount Rushmore, and those would be 
Mork and Mindy and Murphy Brown. So the M titles sitting right there on the first and second spots. But as often happens, the uh, the day goes to our guest, and Sarah Reeve came in and did a great job in bringing up some really unusual choices in terms of alienation, and then some choices that show the broad spectrum with which uh, pregnancies are depicted in entertainment, and that is the kind of dark, dark experience that the unlikable character Betty gets when she has a baby on Mad Men. So uh, the choices were Mork and Mindy, Alien Nation, Murphy Brown, and Mad Men. So, all right, this has been the Mount Rushmore of TV pregnancies. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. And who are you? Oh, I'm Sarah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sarah, for being on the show. Thank you.